everyone, and welcome to episode nine of season three of Movie Route Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki-yay our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action movie, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Tyler Howitt of the Couch Potato Philosophy Podcast. Welcome back, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Always always been fun. I've been having a fun time this week. Hopefully you have too. This is... Oh, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll start off with a little bit of music and, uh, you know, yeah. start off with a little music and uh, then get to see the grandeur of the the outside of the Nakatomi building. How's that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. So Minute 9 begins with uh, the con- Christmas music by Run DMC continuing and ends with McLean walking towards the front door of a large skyscraper. So... Yesterday we we ended the minute talking about the the music by Run DMC. It continues into this minute. You know, a lot of the lyrics that you mentioned yesterday appear today also. Yep. You know, we we the whole time it gives us a steady shot of Nakatomi in the distance. You know, and then we see the the we see the limo enter the parking area in front of the, you know in front of the building, which is completely deserted. You know, yep. it, it's huge. It's huge. It's this, it's this amazingly large, you know, circular area, but it's just completely empty. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And in fact, even with their drive, I mean, there are other cars on the on the highway as they're driving up, but it definitely just the whole day feels deserted. It's just them. And, and again, I feel like that that goes with this impending, you know, it's just. It's just John. It's just uh, Argyle headed toward this uh, this spot that's going to be so pivotal for the movie, and I think it's I think that's important. I think it's 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 really important. And I even wanted to, uh, well, you know, what? I'm I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about the light in the next episode. I think, but yeah, right. this is, uh, but we do get this. Just it's this hazy LA is what we get that they're driving through, uh, and this silhouetted, uh, almost silhouetted uh, tower is is looming over them, right. That's true, but I mean, basically, the first of all, I love the fact that we can see at the towards the entrance. There's this like large emblem of Nakatomi. You know, again, it shows yeah. how much they actually, you know, put into the production of this because yes. it's just yeah. it's just amazing that they they would you know they they would make this fake emblem to be sitting there for us to be able to you know to look at. Yeah. And it's everywhere. I mean, really, it's it's all over the place when you start looking for it too. It's um, yeah, it's all over the. It was on the the card. It's on the. I think it's above the elevators. Um, it's it's all over the place in this film. Yeah, for sure. And it's and it could have gone just gone nondescript. It could have been just a nondescript building. Fine, it doesn't matter. But like you said, the care it is a character in the film in a lot of ways. And so I think giving that character that that face, that identity, is is an important thing. Yeah, and and it works. There's there's no yeah. question about that. You know, so I, one of the things I wanted to look at was, I mean, we see that it's starting to get dark at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wanted to look up at what time in on December 24th, 1988, uh, they actually had, uh, you know, sunset and when was twilight and right. stuff like that. So what what would be your guess? You know, what when do you think in, you know, the, the, we're obviously talking the first few days of, of winter. You know, so they're, yeah. they're the shortest days. So what what would you think? Yeah. 
but in LA, which is a little further south, uh, let's say you want actual sunset, you think? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's say, ooh, let's say 6.30. It was at 4.50. Jeez, okay. So this is an afternoon flight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, you know what? This this actually makes sense. If if we're, even though it's, you said it's a Saturday? Yeah. So, so weirdly, I, I've always thought this is a, uh, um, I've always thought this was end of a work day, like on a Friday or something like that. But I guess maybe, maybe Saturday they pulled Saturday as a work day because otherwise everybody's coming in. For the office party? Exactly. Well, Holly's the only huh. one we've seen working. And her and yes. her secretary. Yes. You know. No um, no one else is working. Yeah. Uh I mean Ellis is Ellis you can say he's working, but he's he's working something else. Yeah. He's working something else. Yeah, he's working his <laughs> angle, yeah. Yeah. The only one I'm disappointed I haven't gotten to talk about is, is Ellis, because man, but uh anyway. Um, but that's, it's because of a, uh, his better line later on, uh, about his, him being a white knight. But, yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it's my, I can't, when I watched all of Die Hard, I can't stop saying that line because I think it's, it's a great one. But anyway, uh, that's, that's beside the point. I, I must've missed that episode so, of 60 minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the after school special. Um, uh, yeah, I think I, I like, uh, um, like I said, it's, it's again, it all feels not heavy in a, in a negative way, but like with the weight of importance that he's, he's driving up and he's the, the, to- the tower is looming over him and he's kind of slowly walking in because it, and it's not the, not necessarily that he's about to fight a bunch of terrorists, but he's about to see his wife and it's about to be real and, and all this other stuff. And I like, I like the heaviness that, that kind of comes with, uh, with this as they, as they drive up. Right to the uh, the plaza. Exactly, but I mean, for me, it shocks me that that it, you know, that we're only talking. This is not even five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, um, and he's had a full day. He's had a full day of flight. Um, it's not even five five in the afternoon. And and the thing that's more shocking, uh, since you mentioned that they, it's on a, it's on a Saturday. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. But they had to make it work. Come on, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, it's got to work. It's it's got to be there. Yeah. Yeah. They they couldn't say, oh, this this happens the day after. No, but also I would yeah. think I would think that that most places would have a Christmas party not on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's another one. Unless unless weirdly it it fell on. Is it a work is it day possible that like this that. is Friday night? This is not the twenty fourth. That I, I would say that's how I've always read it, and we know for sure it's the twenty fourth. Like we definitely no, know it's. No, we don't. It's never mentioned. Okay. Okay, I I, I wasn't sure. Um, so I I would read it as it's. Oops, I would read it as it's a work day and uh, it's right after a work day. Um, that's because that's the only way it makes sense. They're they're not coming in on uh on Christmas Eve at five o'clock for a party. That's that's weird to me. Yeah, so it makes more sense that it would probably be on Friday night. Yeah, yeah. If if Christmas is on Sunday, you have your party on Friday night. It's probably what you do. Yeah. No, it's interesting because also like, why would he fly in only on Christmas? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you think that you think he would have turned up the day before? Yeah, he's got he's he's a cop. He's got a he's got the you know he can take a couple of days for Christmas to go visit his family. I think he's. Yeah, I'm reading that as Friday. That's a, it's a Friday. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you might be right about that one. I, I've, I've been, you know, I, I think at some point I remember it saying that it is Christmas Eve. So that I kind of assumed it was. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's I'll, I'll have to, to to check into this. You know, there's there's something a little yeah. little fishy here, because uh, again, I yeah. think I think I have heard that it does take place on Christmas Eve. But but when well, we're Die thinking Hard about it, it doesn't. For sure, isn't it? No, Die Hard Two also oh, counts. Was. No, because again, what you know, he's 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 in Die Hard Two. He's suggesting to to Holly that they're gonna you know go rent a car and go to a motel on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it wouldn't be. That's a good point. Um, it, it also it it feels like it is more because of the snow, I think. But uh, let's see here. It's two or three things that I've just randomly typed up say set on Christmas Eve. Um, about Die Hard. Right. But I wonder if that's an assumption. Correct. And and I think if if that is the assumption that we've all made, I think it's an incorrect assumption. I, I yeah. think it, it makes a lot more sense that this is Friday night yeah. as opposed to it being it Saturday night. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But, uh, we'll, huh. we'll, we'll have to see as this, as this goes through, if there are more hints either way. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's a calendar on somebody's desk or something. No, like cause that. I know that, I know that, that, you know, Argyle's last line is, uh, if this is Christmas, I can't wait to be here for new year's, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, but he could he could be just referring to the fact that this is it's Christmas time, you know. Yeah, it yeah. Specifically, have to be, you know, Christmas Eve at the time, right? So then we we get the screenplay credits for uh, Jeb Stewart and uh, Stephen E. D'Souza. Are you? Yeah. Are, are, with some big names to their credits, yeah. But most of them are after this, aren't they? Yes, uh, uh, Jeb Stewart. This was his first credit. Uh, and then Stephen D, uh, Stephen E. D'Souza uh, had written Forty Eight Hours and Command. I mean, he, they, he'd written one, two, three, four, seven beforehand, um, including Forty Eight Hours, Commando, The Running Man, um, and then he would also write Die Hard Two, um, and they, but quite a few good ones after the fact. And also, wow, actually, now that I see this, also he wrote Lara Croft Two, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Uh, I guess he was working with John Devon. He was working with John Devon, yeah. Um, Jeb Stewart. He wrote The Fugitive. Fewer. Wow. He wrote The Fugitive, which I love. I do too. That's a great film. Uh, Another 48 Hours, and he is the showrunner of the new Vikings Valhalla. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. After after not having done anything for – Twelve years, it looks like. Unless I'm, I just think after writing something. Die Hard and The Fugitive, you you want to stop. You don't need to. Yeah, you don't. You don't need to work. <laughs> no, it's not a question. You don't need to work. Huh. You don't want to work because you don't want. Yeah, fair. <laughs> you want to make sure that, that that people won't say, "Oh, you know, look at look at M Night Shyamalan. If he would have stopped after oh, after man. his first two or three movies, he would be gold. You'd be. He would be gold, yeah, yeah. You know, we, unfortunately, which is which is one of the reasons why Tarantino keeps saying that he's stopping after ten because he wants, yeah. you know, he doesn't want to reach the point where where people will say, oh, this is this is a one hit wonder type of guy. And then we get yeah. the, the producer credits for uh, Lawrence Gordon and Joel Silver, obviously. Uh, yeah, and I I recognize Joel Silver, but I did not recognize Lawrence Gordon's name, and maybe that's just 
uh, I just didn't recognize it for some reason. But but Joel Silver, I mean, you you can't spit almost without hitting a Joel Silver movie. It's just, um, yeah, Predator, Lethal Weapon, uh, Forty Eight Hours, Predator Two, Die Hard Two, Lethal Weapon Two. I mean, just he's the Matrix, he's on him. the Matrix, V for Vendetta. Uh, let's see what else. Sherlock Holmes. Most now, I will say the last. 10 years uh not so much uh with with the strong uh the strong films uh, right. although, but again if you look at what he did through the through the 80s, 80s and 90s that that's where yeah he's doing fine yeah you know, he produced uh, roadhouse also shout out to uh oh yeah shout out to roger and marcy about that one you know they they have their movies yep. by minute podcast on on roadhouse yep yeah, you know, um, uh, yeah, he's. Oh, he did Brewster's Millions too. I love that movie. It's such a fun movie <laughs> with Richard Pryor and John Candy. Uh, that one I haven't seen. Have not seen it. Yeah. Okay. It's about heard, a, heard a guy. It, it's it. about a guy who will inherit three hundred million dollars if, if within one month he can spend thirty million dollars, and not have a single cent left at the end of that month. Oh wow. That's actually or great. any that and he's not allowed to have any he's not allowed to have any possessions either so you can't like just buy something and then have it oh sure wherever you buy you cannot have afterwards wow that's actually great. and he can't give he's got, he's got all these these rules he can't like give it away and stuff like that you know it's a lot it's a really fun movie yeah huh. it's it, it's relatively stupid but it, it's still fun that actually sounds that sounds fun yeah yeah right. uh so, and then we get the the credit for the director John McTiernan, who we we yep. discussed uh, in length last week, especially about his uh, criminal activity and you know how he sat in jail for uh, wiretapping yeah. both both a a fellow producer and also his ex wife. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know too much. I I know the, the I know the overview, but I know that. Uh... Yeah, that's that one's uh, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, completely. And then and we get a that happened in like three, right? It happened in two thousand three, but the the but the he didn't go to prison till like twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. It took a long time mm. because it was it was constantly in court throughout all those years. Gotcha. You know, he he became a uh, persona non grata in uh, during that time. Obviously. I I bet. Is he in prison still? Oh, he's only in prison. No, no, no. He was only in for like a year, and he even spent a few of them in, in under house arrest, you know, that, sure. uh, a few months under house arrest. And then we see the limo pull up uh, near the entrance. Now, what I find really funny is is that, that I mean, obviously we know Argyle is not much of a driver, but he yeah. parked atrociously. He does. You know, it's just like there's no cars the around it. Exactly. No. There are no cars around so there at all. And he, he the way he parks is just uh pretty funny. And then we, we see uh you know a, a shot of, of John getting out of the limo. And then the two of them begin to have another conversation. Yeah. So you know, Argyle says to him, So your lady sees you, you run into each other's arms, the music comes up, and you live happily ever after, right? And then John goes, I can live with that. Now, okay, I want to mention about these two things. First of all, you know, the fact that he says, I can live with that, that doesn't, he's not too enthusiastic about it. You know, it's, it's, you know, you'd think that he would be, if, if he really wanted his marriage to work, he would be much more enthusiastic. Yeah. Right. I know you, you definitely get the sense that he's, he's bitter about it. I think he blames her for leaving. 
um, but also is is I also wonder how much of this is how much of this is just Bruce Willis cool, you know, it, or is the yeah. he's supposed to just be playing it cool the entire time along with that, you know, you're very fast, Argyle. He's he's not an enthusiastic guy until later. We see enthusiastic him toward the end, but I yes. think right now he's playing cool cop guy. Um yes. and I think it works. Yeah. So I, I wanted to look up the the idea of happily ever after. Yeah. You know, like where does that notion come from? So sure. basically it's it's a plot it's an ending used in plots of fiction where almost everything turns out for the best for the main protagonists and their sidekicks, while obviously the villains or the antagonists are, are completely defeated. Yep. Right. So what, what's very funny is, is that, you know, the definition of happily ever after only refers to the main characters. So oh, they, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a, a famous quote from, from uh, Roger Ebert in one of his reviews of, of the movie, uh, the day after tomorrow, which was a, mm-hmm. a post-apocalypse type of movie after a storm. It was, it was a fun movie. You know, I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a Dennis Quaid fan, a fan. So I, I liked it, but so basically he starts off by saying, okay, billions of people have died, but at least the major characters have survived, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that, that can be considered a happy ending type of, uh, you know, a movie with a happy ending. Yeah. Well, it goes back to the old, the old, uh, the old Greek notion of a comedy, right? Where it's, uh, it, it starts, it starts badly, but ends well. And, but it, it still only ends well for the main, the main few characters. Usually there's some, some bad guy who's gotten his comeuppance and he's, he's, you know, left to, to, he's in jail or he's dead or something like that. But the main characters got married. So we're fine. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. Right. So it's just the definition is a, a, a happily ever after ending only only requires that the main characters be all right. Millions of innocent background characters can die, but as long <laughs> as the characters that the reader, viewer, audience cares about survive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. So I, I just find it funny that that's, that's what Argyle's, you know, points to here. And then, you know, then he gives the flip side and he goes, so if that doesn't work out, man, you got a place to stay. And then John's response is, is I'll find a place. <laughs> <laughs> And then he comes up with with a, uh, you know, first of all, Argyle is a little overly friendly. I mean, earlier this week we were talking about him, you know, he's trying to find him some sort of uh, girl to hook up with. And now he's looking for he's he's, uh, you know, about to tell him that that, uh, you know, he's he's willing to find a place for him to stay and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. You know, so, I mean, Argyle says, I tell you what, I'm going to pull into the parking garage and I'll wait. You score, you give me a call on the car phone, I'll take your bags to the desk. You strike out, I'll get you a hotel. <laughs> so he's, 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 he's definitely overstepping his bounds here. I yeah. mean, we need him for this. There's, there's no question about it. There's, yeah. there's a reason why this character is going to be sticking around. Yeah. You know, and the, irony, the irony yeah. is, is they might not have known when they first wrote it why he's sticking around. Because the the part of the ending was something that was only thought of as they were in the middle of filming, so I, I wonder oh, really? what they really thought. Because we'll we'll see in a few weeks when they showed the truck, you don't see the ambulance in the back of the truck. That wasn't there. Oh, okay. To add that later on. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I wonder if if he was just intended to be this comic relief that we just keep flipping back to, maybe. Right, um, it could be. Yeah, uh, I like. I I really like this offer 
from Argyle. I think it's, I think it's, despite the fact that it's so weird and it's who, who offers that. But, um, but it also is strange too, that um, when John is talking to Holly, um, he, he says, um, when, he, when John's talking to Holly, he says, oh, I'll just go stay with, with the cap. He's off in Ramona and she corrects him and says Pomona. Um, and so he actually does have an idea of what to do. He doesn't let Argyle in on it because why is he going to let Argyle know, you know, That's that right. he's got, he does have another option. But. Right. That's true. No, but it's also, I mean, uh, you know, is, is Argyle on the clock here? How does that work? You know, is, <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, is that why well, he's offering it? Later he, yeah. No, Especially he, later he, when he's talking to his girlfriend, he's like, Oh, my, my boss thinks I'm on the way to Vegas. Yeah, or whatever. Vegas right. He's exactly. Is he supposed to be on the clock? And does he have another drive? Yeah. <laughs> that we don't know about. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder if limo drivers like this get paid by the hour, or if it's they get paid for the job, or, or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. really don't know. And so John looks at him, smiles, and says, "You're all right, Argyle." And Argyle responds, "Just remember that when you sign for the tip." <laughs> <laughs> I I did like that too, where where Nakatomi is for sure the ones paying him. John, I hope John was going to give him a, a big old tip after that because it's not out of his not out of his wallet. But right. but again, would John do that as a as a New York cop who's got some pride? I don't know. Don't know. Not really sure. And then when McLean starts walking towards the front door. And that yeah. that's pretty much how this, this minute ends. Yep. Yeah. So did you have anything else you wanted to mention about uh in in this minute? No. I'll talk I'll talk a little bit more. Yeah, with the next one. I've got got some things to say in the next one. All right, great. So the a few differences in the script. It says that Argyle actually gets out of the car and McLean lets himself out, which is fine because it says here, McLean lets himself out, which is fine because Argyle doesn't remember he's supposed to do it. <laughs> you know, because usually in a limo, the, the driver's supposed to open the yeah. door for you. Yep. And then That's it says they, they both go to the rear of the vehicle and and then Argyle says his line about the music, you know, happily ever after. And then McLean goes, it's corny, but I could live with it. You know. That's nicer. I, it's nicer, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But again, he's, he's I think they're trying to play Bruce Willis very cool, is all it is. But he he needs to be more enthusiastic about his marriage. Uh, oh, I agree. I agree. Right. And and then the the final line of the minute where he says, Just remember that when you sign for the tip. He he then points to the building and says, They're paying for it, so don't be shy. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's what I said. Yeah, they're paying for it. Yeah, exactly. So the 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 the, the novel has a, has a few other discrepancies here with with how things work out. So basically, they the the driver says to him, "Mr. Leland, you go in the front, and I'll take your luggage down to the garage to Miss Gennaro's car. Tell her the keys will be tucked under the front seat. She knows, and you have yourself a merry Christmas. All right." So. I, I like the fact that they 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 changed it there. You know, the, it gives us the, a reason why he's going mm-hmm. down into the you know that instead of John having to carry his luggage across, so basically you know his he's going to just put it in in uh, his daughter's car. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there there is something to that the way that they 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 add that to that, and that that's the the main thing that 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 I liked about the way they added it here in the, in, in the novel itself. And then, yeah, uh, that's, it yeah. definitely changes a dynamic for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
and th this will be the last we're going to hear of this 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 cab driver for a while in the in in the novel. But I I believe he'll be back if I remember correctly. It's been years since I read it, but now I'm just reading it, you know, week by week, so that I'm yeah. not giving myself too much uh, you know too too much spoilers ahead. You know, I'm waiting to see yeah, how things I'm, play I'm out. I'm going to pick up the book. I've I've always thought about reading it, but I never have. There you go. All right, so every Thursday we do a segment called Off the Beaten Track, Holiday Edition. And so, Tyler, you have another story to tell us? I do. Well, this one, uh, this one's actually pretty recent, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's just a series of unfortunate events is more of uh, more the way I would describe it. Uh, this was actually this, this Christmas we were trying to uh, – so I live in central Washington – my parents live in Northern California and, and my wife and I were driving down to, um, to go there for Christmas. And, uh, we, we got there. It's great. Um, this was a crazy winter. We just, we got, um, insane snows. We had a, in early January, we had a four foot, uh, four foot snow. I mean, the entire city got shut down, uh, just got buried and buried into our, uh, uh, into our driveway. But, um, but we were hitting snowstorms like crazy, uh, on the way back from California up to, uh, up to Washington. And so, uh, we had to, we had to time it. We were going to stay a few days longer, I think through the 29th of December. Um, and, uh, but we had to leave earlier. We, we left on the 27th or, or something like that because we just saw there's this crazy amount of snow and we kind of threaded the needle between two storms as we're, that were go that was going with us as we were driving North. Um, and, uh, and we kind of got, dogged all the way by these by these storms but then we get stuck by by uh, none other than a a tree limb across the road um up at the top of a mountain um yeah. for about i for a few hours uh just just sitting on top of a mountain with everybody else this huge traffic jam uh i don't think it hit anything i don't think anybody got hurt but we just we we were really proud of ourselves for for threading this storm needle basically on the way up and then suddenly get stopped on the top literally at the summit of a mountain the summit sign was right parallel with our car um not i think it was only you know uh i don't know a few thousand feet up it's not like we were we were at the top of a rocky mountain or something but um but just sitting up there and we we just kind of we had been rushing and running all day and kind of just had to say Okay, well, we're turning the car off, and we had just gotten food, and so we had we had food, we had water, and we had some coffee, and we just kind of sat and read and listened to some podcasts, and and we had a, weirdly a kind of peaceful, jolly time up at the top of this mountain as we're waiting to see if emergency crews are going to clear the <laughs> clear the the tree. So, um, yeah, it just uh, it was just a fun a fun time at the top of the mountain, waiting for craziness to happen. But I I, I remember thinking while we were sitting up there. This this is a horror movie scene right here, right? It it could be, you know, of uh, you know, the the, the cars are all there and the slasher comes through and starts starts uh, um, taking his time. So maybe I'll maybe I'll write that movie one day. Wow. Okay. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Excellent. So do you want to once again tell everyone how they can get in touch with you? Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Howitt. You can find me on Facebook as well uh, and Instagram with the the same handle there. And uh, the Couch Potatoes, uh, Couch Potato Philosophy Podcast, uh, you'll be able to find us if you just search for us on Instagram and Twitter. All right. While you're doing that, you can go rate, re rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast you're using to listen to this show. And you can just do a quick search and find Movie Rob Minute on Facebook, on Twitter, or you can go to our website. So, Tyler, you feel like coming back in tomorrow to finishing off the week? Oh, I'll be here. One more minute to there's, go. There's no Argyle. There's no Argyle. But, I know. You know it's, it's, it's 
it's almost not worth talking about it if it's not about Argyle, but that's okay. We'll be here. So I should get it. I should find another guest. Yeah, we just just call somebody else. They'll they'll fill in for me. <laughs> All right. So until tomorrow, everyone. Yippee ki yay! Yippee ki yay!